1: inside us bank stadium for another minnesota vikings post-game show where we talk about an incredible win for the vikings as josh dobbs goes off in the first half of this game along with of course tj hawkinson as well with an historic first half of the game and the vikings hold on to win matthew Collar, dane of the pioneer press as always and you know i was thinking as we were walking in here dane about where we were two weeks ago you and I were sitting on two little couches or chairs or whatever inside Lambeau Field talking about whether the Vikings should try to call Tom Brady and woo him out of retirement <laughs> to take over the quarterback position of the Vikings. Instead, they trade for Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. And we think, OK, well, all right, you know, whatever. He's a guy he's played in the league, I guess. And then it splits the difference between really going after a guy and not doing anything at all. Two weeks later, the Vikings are now six and four. They are in prime position playoff wise, especially because the rest of the NFC has uh, very few contenders outside of the top of the conference. And we are not just talking about Josh Dobbs gutting out some random wins where they got lucky. We are talking about Josh Dobbs playing fantastic football and look the second half we're going to get to it I know that they played a lot more conservatively with a purpose according to Kevin O'Connell but Dobbs was delivering passes on time he was going through his progressions he was finding T.J. Hawkinson Mm -hmm. over and over as they were short K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson today and then he has added an element of which I have to rub my eyes every time what am I seeing what Running from the quarterback (laughs) position, we have not seen this in, um, like, five years. So, uh, it's been a remarkable couple of weeks. And this, against a really good defense from the Saints that was top 10 in the league, is extremely, extremely impressive across the board, Dave.
0: Yeah, outside of actually convincing Tom Brady to come out of retirement, this is, like, best-case scenario because, obviously, they're winning, but they're fun they're fun again, right? Like the Vikings are a fun football team. They're fun offense to watch. And, and Josh jobs is at the epicenter of that. And I think today's performance was huge, not only for him himself, his confidence, but for the Vikings as a whole, because as incredible as last week was, you could look at it as just one of those games, adrenaline pumping, you know, literally hearing the plays in your helmet and going out there and playing off of instincts and, you know, sometimes those things just work out. Like when you're not thinking you almost sometimes as an athlete play better, which is why today was huge because it was proof that it wasn't a fluke last week. And it's proof that this guy can play the position and he can play it really, really well. Um, He's not just a running quarterback. Who's going to look for the play to break down and dart out of the pocket and try and get as many yards as he can put himself in harm's way while doing it. Um, He was talking to us after the game He's going through every progression. And and let's not forget, that's a good Saints defense on the other side. So sometimes the progression takes him through his first, second, third, fourth read. It's not there. Then he's bailing. But you saw him hanging. You saw him patting the ball, uh, just playing the quarterback position like a seasoned veteran, uh, which when you look back on it, his career as a whole, it's amazing the story that's led him to this point but it's pretty clear he's had talent. He was a backup quarterback for a long time in in Pittsburgh. Then when he did get a couple opportunities, he was on bad teams with bad talent around him. This is as good of a situation as he's ever been in. And I mean, I guess you juxtapose it with what's going on in Arizona where they're basically outwardly tanking. And he comes here to Minnesota in the past two weeks. He's the talk of the NFL and for absolute good reason.
1: Yeah. I think what was impressive to me is after the game, Kevin O'Connell said we gave him a full game plan this week. And he joked about how he ate every single meal inside TCO performance center. Hey, this is a guy that knows how to study and I'm not going to quit making the (laughs) jokes about him being a rocket scientist. He threw a couple of rockets out there. Uh, This team going to the moon. Yeah. You're going to hear that a lot more, but Uh, In all seriousness, though, like this is a guy who's had to go through a crazy amount of stress Mm -hmm. in the last couple of weeks. He just moved out of the hotel and into an apartment in the Twin Cities. And so he's had so many things going on in his life. And yet he was able to handle getting an entire game plan down and then coming out from the outset and executing it we saw even in the opening drive they didn't score a touchdown they ended up with just a field goal in the opening drive but he looked very comfortable Mm -hmm. he looked like he knew exactly where he was going with the ball it didn't look like he was making it up as he went along and Mm -hmm. a lot of times with scrambling quarterbacks we kind of have this in our mind of well they don't really know what they're doing and they kind of just like run around and make it all up or whatever and for some backup quarterbacks who get thrown in games that does happen I think Taylor Heineke was one of those guys last week who kind of has great athleticism and just sort of makes it up as he goes along but uh you you have Josh Dobbs really standing in the pocket on a number of plays and he broke down for us the touchdown pass to T.J. Hawkinson which to me took this game from okay like they're ahead and we'll see what happens to wow that was one of the best halves of football they have had I don't even know what since 2019, like in a long time, Mm -hmm. it was a tremendous half of football uh, that they put together and it was playing from ahead. It was leading, but that play in particular, he knew exactly what he was looking for. The defense. He said that he talked to, I think either Kevin O'Connell or their quarterback coach on the sideline before the play saying like, what are we, or before that drive, what are we going to look for? If we get this look Mm -hmm. and then he finds Hawkinson coming across the field, puts it right on him. And you talked about it. I wonder if coming out of college that teams were like, you know, Josh Dobbs has got some talent but also wants to be a rocket scientist right. and like does he really play no one believes that you can do both. And I understand why because most people can't do either. Uh, now not anywhere close. <laughs> not anywhere close. How the hell does he do both? I have no idea. But his skill set is not that mm-hmm. of a backup quarterback is what I'm getting to. He is he has the the speed, the athleticism, the arm strength to play at a high level as a quarterback. And and that's why I look at this and go, yeah, I mean, I am surprised, but I also think nothing fluky happened today.
0: No, no, it didn't. And I kind of want to work backwards, but you mentioned that touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson right before halftime. And I thought hearing him just break down the coverage he saw in front of him. I think this question was simple. It was, can you take our take us through that touchdown right before halftime. And he didn't just say like, oh, I saw TJ running open and I threw him the ball and he, he didn't dumb it down for us. He took us through his reads, his progressions, you know, how he worked this side of the field, came back to TJ Hawkinson, knowing that this was the look they were going to get. And you could almost in that moment, see how he thinks the position. And it, it it's, I think it's next level. I mean, I think in order to do what you did last week and parlay it into what you've done this week, It needs to have that next level feel for the game. So I was really impressed with that play, but also hearing him talk about that play. But to your point about this is not being like a fluky, like he's very talented. Like, I think I talked to you into the game and and you sit behind me. I sit like a row in front of you and I stood up and I looked at you in the middle of the game and I said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but he kind of plays the position like Josh Allen and and I, I you know the comment section might blow up and say like josh dobbs being compared to josh allen i'm not doing that but i am saying there are elements to the way this guy plays football that it looked like just a quarterback who is going to succeed and has what it takes to succeed in this league he is scrambling but he's keeping his eyes downfield I, I think last week you asked me like when was there a moment that you knew josh dobbs was going to be okay and it was like this crazy scramble where he ran 20 yards backwards and, you know, turned the corner and gained, I think 11 yards on third and 10 to me, it was this week, the, the, the moment you knew. And I guess to a degree, it was the first drive because he looked composed and poised in the pocket, but there was a play on his sec on the first touchdown drive of the game where he did break contain kept his eyes downfield and gave like a little float pass to TJ Hawkinson. And I, I think a lot of scrambling quarterbacks, I don't even think it's fair to call him that because he's just a quarterback. Um, But I think some scrambling quarterbacks for, if we're putting him in that category, just look to take off there. They they look to gain as much as they can and make it an easier field goal. That was third down and he kept his eyes downfield. He threw the ball to TJ Hawkinson on, on, on a dime. And from there they were kind of rolling. So you can see how this guy is kind of just going to keep getting better with the more, you know, reps, the more time, you know, time on task to take from our old quarterback, Kirk Cousins, but well, just seeing them kind of marry all the skills he has. I mean, I I think it's, it sky could be the limit.
1: I think the, um, the Josh Allen one is uh, on the aggressive side. Uh, I see exactly what you're saying though, because you're not saying that he has Josh Allen's not, arm. I'm right, not saying he
0: is Josh Allen, but there are elements when you watch him play the, the, the position. Well,
1: one of the ways is on third down, because on third down in, and it's hard not to compare to what we've been watching, right? With Kirk Cousins. But when you look at these point totals of the last two weeks and you try to figure out, okay, well, how would this happen? And he threw the ball extremely well today. So that's a part of it, but there's a third down at the goal line where every single person is covered and where do you go with the football there? A lot of times, if you can't run, you throw it out of the back of the end zone right. and that's it. I think with, uh, there's different types of scrambling and running quarterbacks. And what you mean with Josh Allen is when stuff breaks down, he just goes. And there are some running quarterbacks who have to kind of like have a run play to do it. I don't look at someone like Jalen hurts as a really good scrambler in the same way. Like if he runs, he could be great. But is it like looking to make a play? Is it sort of going through the progressions first and then looking, you know, to scramble after that, it's got a different feel to it, uh, where he is staying in the pocket and doing the right thing. And then if it all breaks down, then he's going, but that play, the saints did everything right and then he makes them wrong. And there's a guy, when you watch the little dots, you can really see it. There's a guy who's got a perfect angle on him, who is a four five runner or whatever, and cannot take Josh Dobbs down. Yeah. That's where he's different to me is he has a playmaking ability to dodge tacklers, to break tackles in the open field, but then being able to Like, like you said, like pull the ball down and then make a throw if it was there. So you're keeping your eyes up. These things are very hard to do. And the fact that he was able to do those things today, along with play in rhythm, play on time. And the most important thing to me by far with Josh Dobbs is not turning the ball over yep. because this is a guy who was one of the league leaders in turnover worthy plays going into this game. And that was a defense that was the, I think league leader in interceptions and you could see why, I mean, they have really excellent defensive backs who were great on coverage in numerous plays throughout this game where he was trying to go to Addison or trying to look for another receiver. Yep. And th- that's part of the reason they went to Hawkinson so much, but you know, this is, this is not an easy defense to not turn the ball over against. They have physical defensive linemen who I thought were pretty well stifled, but got some pressure at times. I mean, there's just, there's a lot more going on here than just making it up as you go along. And we really saw that today, but I think that if he's going to play safer with the football, like he did, and there wasn't even like, I brought up Heineke, but like the Heineke, Oh, it didn't get picked, but it should have I didn't even see those. I don't even know if he had a turnover-worthy play today. And if that's how, that's how he's going to be from week to week, this can be really good. It's got to stay that way. But this was like the formula of get, get a couple of runs in there execute the offense the way it's dialed up, which we know works. And then don't do anything that's totally bat bleep crazy that results in a turnover because you saw how Jameis Winston plays and what happens when you just start throwing the ball all over the place like crazy.
0: Yeah. It was funny because I think like there was a school of thought when it was like, should we convince Tom Brady to come out of retirement where people were like, let's go trade for Jameis Winston. And I think we kind of saw that today. It can be fun but it can be maddening as well because Jameis Winston had the, the thing on a platter. The Vikings did, we'll we'll talk about the second half, but kind of stall out after halftime, almost trying to not lose the game. And Jameis Winston brought him back with two just prayer touchdowns that ended up working. Then he threw two picks. And And to your point about Josh Dobbs, like I can't think of a time where it felt like ooh he got lucky like that there would that should have been a turnover. Maybe the the one to Addison right in the beginning of the game where it bounces off the guy's hands and then into his that's the first quarter. I mean in high leverage situations, like I, I I did not feel at any point, even when he's tucking and he's running and he's bailing out of the pocket, how many times do you see a guy just get the ball like poked out of his his arms in that moment he you can see him when he's running he's like a true runner with instinct able to switch the ball into the hand closest to the sideline that's just something you have because you've done it repetition over and over and over again but yes this this offense could be primed for more because by the way their best player has started to practice again and justin jefferson will be coming back um they did all of that without their number one and I mean, Jordan Asson is the number two receiver now, but number three receiver in KJ Osborne was out today with a concussion. He's a guy who could have had a role today and could have been a security blanket of sorts for Josh Dobbs. So you think about he's come in in the last week and a half, two weeks, learned the offense on, a, on the fly and had to run it last week without having any sort of reps in practice. And then this week he's down Justin Jefferson, who he's never thrown to in a game. And he will, I'm sure, be dying to throw to him as soon as he can. He's down KJ Osborne, who I'm sure when he got traded here, it was like this guy's gonna be your security blanket. He's he's a he's a good veteran in this league. And he's playing with, you know, the first play of the game, Jalen Naylor split out wide. He hasn't played in seven weeks. Um, this game was a huge TJ Hawkinson game, and maybe we can get into that. But you can see like this offense looks good now. And it's down a lot of pieces. What could it look like, you know, down the road? And I think people are kind of bought into this team. I, I'm friends with a lot of Vikings fans and then the phone was blowing up. The group chats were blowing up. People are buying into this team again. And I think they should be. They're fun and they look a little bit dangerous. So
1: that that's what's interesting is the fun part, because surviving a backup quarterback is something that can be done for teams that mm-hmm. have talent. And also, you know, you're playing the Falcons, the saints. I I had a lot more respect for the saints than the Falcons, yeah. but you know, like, okay, good team, whatever. Like you could get by. We saw Cleveland earlier this year, win a game or two with PJ Walker, where it went crazy, but we didn't have to see it go crazy. It didn't have to be some like flag. And there was a questionable flag on the Vikings that should have mm-hmm. made this kind of a blowout. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Brian O'Neill fell down when someone hit him, <laughs> which is holding. So I don't know. That that one is like, I don't know. The Vikings have not been on the wrong side of the flags this year, but they were on that one. Uh, maybe Kansas City would be the other example. But uh, for the most part, like this probably should have been even more of a blowout than it was. Mm-hmm. And and we'll discuss the the second half um and how they went about that. But you know this is a team that seems to be really galvanizing together around Josh Dobbs, not just sort of getting away with it, but like they're blocking extremely well. Mm-hmm. And we saw Ty Chandler step up today with some really big runs and and, and Johnny Munt shows up as TJ Hawkinson is banged up and he's got to make a couple of plays and they're they're using their backup tight ends. Kenny Wongwu shows up and he gets a big run. Like there's so many people contributing. there was a big pass to Brandon Powell at one point mm-hmm. for a first down. It's all over the field, and we're also seeing with TJ Hawkinson, we could talk about that now, TJ Hawkinson with one of the most spectacular, gutty performances, and I'm not going to snark about everybody's uh, tweets to me back in training camp about whatever that was going on with this contract situation, but during the offseason, we talked about why do you want to extend TJ Hawkinson? Because he's one of the better tight ends in the league, and what a great tight end gives you is a security blanket where, you know, this guy is going to be able to make plays. And he, he did it for them last year. He did it in the playoff game. He was the guy that got checked down to, but nobody remembered that he caught like 10 passes. That was today. Like he's stepped up in a lot of big moments. It was not a good start to the season for him for sure. But to see him battle through what he was dealing with and then take them Really, I mean, to that huge lead, that was all TJ Hawkinson. There's one drive for a touchdown. It's literally the only guy he's throwing the ball to, and and it leads to a touchdown drive. When we talk about, like, being kind of being bulletproof as an offense, to be able to survive Jefferson has had so much to do with how TJ Hawkinson has played these last five weeks.
0: Absolutely, and I think that it is kind of fitting uh, because I don't think we were doing this, but there there were a lot of people hating on TJ Hawkinson. And understandably so early on, like he did have some pretty high leverage just drops. I mean, Kirk made a good throw at the end of the Los Angeles Chargers game and TJ Hawkinson kind of just batted it in the air and it was a game losing interception. Um, There was reason for criticism early on, uh, but people were ready to jump off the TJ Hawkinson bandwagon completely, which in hindsight looks very silly, but at the time was also very silly because – Just because he wasn't coming down with every contested catch uh, didn't mean he wasn't still a very important part of this offense. And you're starting to see how important a piece of this offense he is. Um, Today is a great example. I think last week's a great example too. Like when you don't necessarily know everything that's going on, you know, well, this six five monster can catch the ball and run with it afterwards. Um, But today's performance from T.J. Hawkinson, and, and, and you touched on it, the dude is, is dealing with a pretty significant rib injury. Um, I don't know if it's broken ribs or bruised ribs, but his ribs are effed up right now. And you can see he has he just padding on padding on padding um, wraps around his ribs. And every single time you take a hit, like that just has to just be the most painful thing in the world. And he was getting hit a lot in the first half because he was getting thrown to a lot in the first half. There was a time where he went down in, on the you know the far sideline and far, far sideline from us, where it looked like, ah, this might be the one that, that keeps him out of the game. He goes in the medical tent. I think like on that next possession, he's back on the field. So he, he's just a, a warrior, like a tough, tough it out warrior performance from TJ Hawkinson today. And I think kind of one that, Proves a lot of people wrong, at least the ones that were willing, are ready to jump off you know, in the early stages of the season.
1: Folks, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about prize picks this year. But if you've missed it, here's how it works. You go to prizepicks.com and it is simple. You pick either more or less between two and six player stat projections and that's it. Now you're playing. So if it's X number of yards for a quarterback, you just decide, are they going to throw for more or less than that number of yards? But it works with lots of different options, receiving yards, touchdowns, even field goals, all sorts of sports as well. PrizePix.com purple. Go there, use the code purple for the first deposit match up to $100. One of the reasons I like Price picks, it is very simple to use. You'd see how we do it on the show real quick and easy, and then we talk about our picks, and also not expensive either. You can turn $10 into $250 by nailing just a couple of picks. So go to prizepicks.com slash purple, the code purple, Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Right. And th- that's where making that trade, which once again, uh, just going to throw it out there. The general manager is looking pretty good today, by the way, his first round pick has now become a star over the time that Justin Jefferson Uh, was Mm -hmm. away. Makai Blackman on the field quite a bit. There's a third round draft pick and TJ Hawkinson starring. That's a second round draft pick they spent for him and then extended him, which I think has been a really good decision Mm -hmm. overall, as you mentioned, reasonable criticism early in the season, but losing Jefferson forced everyone to improve and forced everyone to step up and then prove that they could. And then This might be the best pick swap that's ever happened. I'm sure like the comment section knows some other pick swap that worked out this way, but two wins from a quarterback to now put them within shouting distance of Detroit for the division with two games against Detroit coming down the road, an opportunity to be in the playoffs. If they can continue like this Mm -hmm. against Denver, against Las Vegas, they've got other games coming up against teams that could still beat them. And at some point there probably will be a bad one as there always is. Even with case Keenum in 2017, his game in Carolina hit the skids. It will happen at Mm -hmm. some point, but to make a trade in the middle of the season for somebody with the mental capacity of this gentleman, uh, who could come in and start like this and re-energize this team almost with rocket fuel? You might say, <laughs> "There it is." Uh, is and and not only that, but they've shown depth in so many areas that we didn't think they had, even on the defensive side today. Jordan Hicks was not in there. They had to find ways. Uh, what they've done making you know, dynamic players to be able to shapeshift when things go wrong or when the other team has their quarterback go out or something, the way that they're able to do that and the number of players they've been able to use this year. Mm-hmm. This has been a complete roster effort to turn around from 0-3. And, and when you talk about evaluating the coach and evaluating the general manager, I mean, you couldn't be much higher on them right now unless Lewis Seen got off the bench, picked off a pass and ran it for a touchdown. Then I guess you could. But aside from that, I mean, they have put themselves in a position to make this very, very interesting before we get to the big picture, which we usually do at the end. Let's talk about the defensive side. Uh, I never saw it coming. All of Jameis Winston and all the things that happened. Just throwing across his body, throwing jump balls to everybody. His check down is a Hail Mary. Uh, This third and three is just like, I don't know, just throw it all the way down the field. But on the defensive side, the early part of the game was really something from this defense. Camara was a non-factor. Derek Carr looked pretty confused. They made some big stops. This defense has gone from, eh, I don't know, it was Tyson Bajans. Eh, I don't know, it was Jordan Love to, no, actually, this is legit. I, I think this defense is is very good.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. And I, I think that's a good point you bring up from the first half because Dobbs gets all the credit. Offense gets all the credit. KOC gets all the credit. Hawkinson gets all the credit. And they absolutely should because they turned the game on its head. It was 24-3 to going into halftime. But you know how you stack those scoring drives on top of each other? You force three and outs, which is what the defense did on back-to-back possessions. After Dobbs goes superhuman and turns the corner and and, and runs in that seven-yard touchdown, the defense forces a three and out, so they get the ball back right after the two-minute warning, right before halftime, and then they score again and, and pretty much put the game out of reach. Um, but yeah, the defense has playmakers that I didn't know they had. They have... Stars that I didn't. Well, I knew Neil Hunter was a star, but they have guys filling in around him that I didn't know could pick up the slack. Kevin O'Connell was extremely compliment, complimentary of DJ Wanham this afternoon. And he should be. The DJ Wanham, who I think I was pretty critical of him in the early stages because I was like, well, if they lose Marcus Davenport, then they have to play DJ Wanham. Um, and I'm wrong. Like DJ Wanham is making plays. He, there was a, there was a drive. We would talk about the first half and how they were able to kind of force three and outs and and get the offense, the ball back. DJ Wanham did it by himself. He sacked Derek Carr. Then two plays later, he tripped him up from behind and Derek Carr fell one yard short of the sticks saints punt. So there are so many different players filling in. And I think we've talked about this in the past, like a lot of that ability to, okay, now this guy has to step up. And then they do step up. Now this guy has to step up and then they do step up like that comes from Brian Flores. But the fact that Brian Flores is here comes from Kevin O'Connell and comes from Kwesi and open They got the right guy this off season. They hit on the draft pick and maybe the most important thing they did this off season was they hit on the defensive coordinator and they automatically instantly corrected their big mistake from last year, which was hiring a Donatel playing really soft and safe to hiring a guy who each week now is becoming more and more of a head coaching candidate down the road because of what this defense has proven to be when I don't think any of us really saw it coming.
1: What's so interesting to me about Brian Flores is that in his background, he started in the scouting realm. Yeah. So he was a a player, but not an NFL player uh, at Boston college. And then he got into the new England Patriots as a scout and a player evaluator. And what we tend to see here is him evaluating his own players exceptionally well. Yeah. But think about this: we just accept now that Josh Metales is a good player. Like, oh yeah, he's just a guy on the defense. The dude played like 200 snaps before this. Right. He was never on the field under Ed Donatel. And when you look at you know somebody like D.J. Wanham, him with his hand in the dirt was not a guy who was beating offensive tackles off the edge. Now, as an outside linebacker, stand-up player suddenly there's more confidence there. And it seems like what Flores is able to do is identify everything that his players can do well. And then on a week to week game plan basis, put them in positions. And sometimes that means like Kairos Tongo is inactive. And then sometimes he's playing a lot. And sometimes we didn't see Makai Blackman and, the, and then now he's playing a lot. And the way we used to look at that was like, oh, they don't like him because that was true. If somebody wasn't getting a snaps in a, in a week, Mike Zimmer was taking away their snaps because he didn't like how they were playing. Mm-hmm. Now it might mean not that he doesn't like them, that he feels like that given week, it fits better with their game plan. And we've just seen that work for so many people. Uh, Cam Bynum who uh, did not get the interception that he gave to his wife, who they got here. which is fun for him. Uh, if you haven't followed the story, Google it. I'm not going to go into it, but uh, Cam Bynum is a great example. He's grading by PFF is one of the best safeties in football. And he's making plays each week. Last week, we couldn't find him because he was in the parking lot. Ed Donatel had him playing at the goal line just so far away from the line of scrimmage. Now you see him making a lot more plays. Harrison Smith is involved a lot more. Uh, DJ Wanham, I think, has been very good, too, and understanding the defense. Sometimes pass rushes are to create lanes for other people. And we just evaluated by kind of who got there. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr. has been back in the game the last couple of weeks. There's just this plethora of players who are the best versions of themselves that were just a a group of dudes before. Like you don't recognize a lot of these names on this defense. And yet now as they go to play Denver, as they go to play Vegas, I mean, there shouldn't be any reason to see this slow down. And that's the, the thing about this defense that we talked about with Dobbs sustainability, but everything I'm seeing here, I don't see a reason why it can't continue. I don't think they're going to rank number one in the NFL, but I don't see why this would suddenly fall off when you get so much out of so many different people.
0: Yeah, and I think some people are going to probably latch on to the fact that like it was Tyson Bajan. It was Jordan Love. Which is fair. If you want to do that, that's fine. It's fair. But the consistency over the last month is not a coincidence. And I don't think you just flukily have a month of great defensive play. So, yeah, is it going to look different when you have to go to Cincinnati and play Joe Burrow in the cold? Like, yeah, it probably will look a little different. But there is something to be said about if that's the what way you want to take it, like, well, they're just beating up on, on quote-unquote bad teams. Well, they are. they are. They are doing it. And that is something that I don't think last year's defense could have said. I don't think it's something that I would have thought this year's defense could have said a month and a half ago. Um, So, yeah, maybe if that's kind of the glass half half full take or half empty take, like, at least they're doing it. But they're doing it over and over and over again, which I think is commendable and also really, really something that you can look at and really latch on to that, okay, this is a good defense. And it absolutely is. There's players that make plays. And I think when the Vikings have needed the defense to step up over the last month, over this five-game winning streak, it always kind of has, it hasn't always looked pretty, but it always has happened where the defense has made a play. They made two at the end of the game Um, with a very big assist to to Jameis Winston on both of them because he threw the ball into the sky. But that's another point about being a good defense. You have to come down with that. Makai Blackman did come down with it. Byron Murphy came down with it. And these are things that are not flukes when they continue to happen over and over and over again. So yeah. Shout out to Brian Flores. He's, he's doing a great job. We knew he was a highly respected coach coming in. Um, but I didn't think he was quite capable of, of getting this entire buy-in the way he has as, as fast as he has.
1: There's a point about when you play a team, that's not good on offense, like not great. This, this team was average coming in the saints average, like 15th best mm-hmm. kind of across the board, just mediocre. And they made them look terrible in the first half. And the only way that they scored was the wildest throws by Jameis Winston yeah. port free Chris Olave. I mean, this guy's an absolute beast. Then Hey, like AT Perry, that's a guy we talked about in draft time, but like the, the way he was doing, what he did was just kind of nutty plays that they came down with. They, hey, look, you know, Byron Murphy, either needs to get taller or make a play on the ball or whatever. But, uh, those were wild heaves with hopes and prayers that they came down with that they stopped coming down with eventually. But overall, This was a very good game for the Vikings defense. Mm -hmm. So if you're making bad offenses look worse or just as bad, we should be giving credit. Does that mean that when they play Cincinnati or Detroit that they're going to hold them and make them look like this? That we're going to have to see. We can't just superimpose Detroit here uh, or or Cincinnati. So we're going to have to see how that looks as we go forward, but they seem to be growing. I think that's the point when every week we're kind of highlighting a like, Hey, have you noticed that DJ Wanham's suddenly playing really good? Or have you noticed that this player, that player had their best game? Uh, I just think it speaks to how much better they are. Mm -hmm. And last year, Mike white came in here and went crazy. (laughs) And so like it's not every team on defense that is making bad teams look bad. Let's talk about the second half though. Because I think that there are different ways to interpret it. Uh, I've clearly, and Kevin O'Connell admitted this after the game, he got super conservative because he just did not believe that the New Orleans Saints could score. He turned out to be mostly right. They did score a little, but nowhere near enough you know, they, with all the Hail Marys and such uh, to win the game. They had probably a 97% chance to win the game, even when they were up eight late. I mean, they would have had to go the whole way. They would have to score two. At the same time, I think you can say fourth and three, 55-yard field goal, that might be worse for you. It's actually probably better to fail on fourth down there than risk that kick with a kicker that's been very spotty this year, like up and down. I didn't love that decision. Uh, I thought it was a little bit on the emotional challenge side, maybe not O'Connell's fault. Cause we didn't see the replay where Addison, you know, let, let the ball go. Uh, also Kamara's butt was down. So he loses the challenges. I look at it. Like when you get up in the NFL against a decent team by a couple scores, you can expect them to make a push. Yeah. They are not just going to be like, Oh, we're dead. Uh, that they, they were going to make some plays cause they have some players but I don't look at that as telling of anything else because that's just how football works. I mean, it's how all sports work. A basketball team gets up 30. Oh, they cut it to 10. Oh, that that didn't happen. Uh, I look at it much more as, Hey, maybe next time he'll trust Dobbs a little more, put a little more juice into it, try to close out the game, be a little more aggressive. The trust is going to build between those two over weeks. So I don't have a huge issue with how anything went down and how they handled it in the second half but it was very clear that they took the foot off the gas pedal and said we're just going to kind of try to hunker down run out the clock as much as we can and and if you're doing that against a better team than this you know maybe with a starting quarterback in the game in the second half It could have potentially been problematic, but I don't think it's something that I want to go over the top criticize.
0: No, it's not like sound the alarms and there's no reason to sound the alarms with Kevin O'Connell the way he's handled the last month and a half. Um, But if we want to nitpick, like, yeah, I agree. Like you don't need to kick that 55 yard field goal. But I also do kind of agree with the idea of let's not get silly here. Um, I'm all for aggressiveness and I think it's probably like the Madden generation. Like if I was up by 35, I wanted to be up by 70, like, and I, I don't mind that. Um, but if you were walking out of, you know, the locker room at halftime, or if we were in the press box at halftime and you said, do I think this 21 point lead for the Vikings is going to increase and become like a 35 point lead? Or do I think the game's going to get close? This is to your point about just sports in general. I think I thought I would have thought it was going to get a little closer, and it did, and it did with some fluky plays, some crazy touchdown, one crazy touchdown catch by Olave, one crazy throw touchdown catch by At Perry. Um, but I think Kevin O'Connell was kind of proven right that like if I just give my defense, you know, long fields to defend, and I don't do anything stupid with my play calling, and I just try and get us out of here with a win and I'm not trying to like flex and show that I'm this mastermind of offense. Um, we're going to win the game. And they did. Um, I, I know it feels like, man, they almost let that one get away. Cause it was closer than it really should have been. Um, but I think that's also part of like just the fatalism of Minnesota sports. It's like, Oh man, they just scored two touchdowns. Here we go. We're going to lose the game. Um, the game didn't necessarily really feel like it was ever going to get away from them completely. It was just a little closer than I think, you know, people would have liked for comfort, but I, I can't fault Kevin O'Connell too much for being a little conservative with a guy who's known the offense for a week and a half and had just an incredibly emotional first half performance that was probably going to come down from that emotional high at some point. So you want to kind of find that cruising altitude in between Um, And I think that's kind of what Kevin O'Connell was working at. Also want to make note if that Ty Chandler run just busts open and it did, and it was a touchdown and they don't throw that bogus holding flag on Brian O'Neill, then it's a blow up. And we're not talking really about his conservative play calling. So,
1: Folks, I cannot believe how many sports are going on right now. And guess what? There's a way to go to all of them with affordable tickets. My friends, you are going to want to check out Game Time. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to any sports event that you want to attend and much, much more. One of the cool parts about Game Time is that they have flash deals on last-minute tickets and a low-price guarantee, which means if you find something lower in the section or row, they will credit you $100. Hundred and ten percent. You also get images of your seat locations, which I love because those maps can be a little confusing. Buy tickets in seconds and have them arrive right there on your phone. It's great. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code Insider for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code Insider for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed, and it's not like the second half was a wreck. No, it's not like they were making mistakes all over the place. Addison had a drop, but it wasn't like all of a sudden Josh Dobbs turned into a pumpkin and then like didn't know what to do and whatever. We we've seen that before right. with quarterbacks who have a good half and then the second half they come out and it's it's completely different. But with I thought that he kept his head about him, which was important. It was do not turn the football over because that's the only thing that can allow them to come back. I mean, you think about even the comeback game that the Vikings had against the Colts, right. where it was a couple of fumbles that played into it. Maybe it was just one fumble. Um, thank you for pointing out, by the way, that technically O'Connell won the challenge and <laughs> did not get the fumble he was looking for. But I think on like pro football reference, that will read as a win for the challenge for Kevin O'Connell. So that is, that is important. But for a guy in Josh Dobbs, where the thing we're always going to be worried about is turnovers because that's been his very brief history. Hasn't started that much in the league, but that's what he's done. He's been among the league leaders in fumbles and interceptions. So you are probably going to pull in the reins a little bit. Would I have liked them to go for fourth down? Yes, but it's not. See, that's one where, when sometimes people will pull up the analytics and it'll be like 1% higher for something. And they'll say like, Oh, should have gone for it, and it's like, okay, well, if it's if it's ninety eight percent, you kick the field goal, and ninety nine percent, you go for it. I don't know, right? I I understand the decision based on what you're looking at and the fact that you really don't want to turn the ball over. Um, now we have to talk about the running game a little bit here yeah. because Alexander Madison suffered a concussion. Ty Chandler was flat out better at football than Madison. And I hope he's okay. He's one of the great guys that we ever get a chance to cover. And I see why everyone has so much respect for him. So put that aside, but uh, clearly Ty Chandler is a better football player. I mean, it just, it's not even close. The, the jolt in his game, the burst in his game is so much more. I mean, it jumps off the page kind of in the same way when you watch Christian McCaffrey, when he's here, as soon as the ball is in his hands, it is going. And what we saw today was, and this is a great defense on the defensive front that the line is blocking people. You just need someone fast to go through. The plays are not designed for someone who runs a four, eight. They're designed for someone who runs four, four. And that's what Ty Chandler does. And Yeah. If he runs that in for a touchdown, his numbers probably look great. And it was such a, not a good holding call. It didn't even impact the play. Chandler's had like three plays called back by penalties this year where they've been dynamic. Yes. There was a couple where I thought I'm not sure Ty Chandler ran the right way on that one. And that's going to be a problem, but he is to me, RB won the rest of the way. And if Madison returns and is healthy, that it should be Chandler getting the ball more and Kenny Wong coming in and getting the ball as well, which you know is a guy that they probably should have been using over the last yeah. two years. And they also should maybe look outside and see if there's any free agents on the street that can possibly come in here. But I know there's going to be moments where we go, ooh, uh, what was Ty Chandler doing on that play? But it's just time to have that be part of the game. And, and that was big for me to actually have a running game where you're like, oh, it's not terrible today. So Dobbs doesn't have to do absolutely everything.
0: Yeah, I do hope Alexander Madison is okay. And it's very unfortunate he got hurt for his sake, but also like for the sake that the conversation is going to be like very much comparing him to Ty Chandler. If he just got through the game healthy, then we could really talk about this without feeling a little weird talking about right. it. But we have to because every time Ty Chandler was on the field, it felt like when he had the ball in his hands, something positive could happen. And whenever Alexander Madison was on the field, it kind of felt like... well there is a very very defined ceiling on how well this run play can go I think even the pitch play that to Ty to Ty Chandler that ended up going like 50 something yards for the touchdown and getting called back like I don't even know if they call that play to Alexander Madison because he doesn't have that burst on the edge I don't think that goes for a touchdown even if it's blocked the same exact way with with Alexander Madison so there is something there that I just think you need to really consider just inverting those carries completely. We'll see how Alexander Madison kind of responds to he's in concussion protocol. He was ruled out with a concussion. Oftentimes when the guy gets a concussion on a Sunday, they do not play the following Sunday. So maybe it will just be a Ty Chandler game in Denver by nature of injuries and availability. Um, And maybe the Vikings will get to see what they have in Ty Chandler without having to worry about like, how do we mix in our guy who's been our RB one all year? Hope he's okay, but it's we can't even argue it anymore. Like, There's just no way that you can watch football and watch one guy do one thing and one guy do another thing and not just think Ty Chandler brings a little bit more juice, a little bit more energy, a little bit more production to that position, which has been sorely lacking this year. Um, If there's a reason people were calling for Cam Akers before he suffered his really sad Achilles tear for the second time in his career, um, And there's a reason people are going to be calling for Ty Chandler, largely because of what he did today, but largely also because of what Alexander Madison has shown he cannot really do. Um, He's a backup running back in the league that can offer a nice change of pace, a thunder and lightning, if you will. Um, but you want that lightning as, as your main guy. You You just do.
1: And there were so many plays where Madison would come in the game today and they ran the same play and it went nowhere. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. I think that gets like five more yards with, with Chandler and mm-hmm. without Chandler doing what he did today, it was hard to get a test case. And, you know, Akers had his moments, yeah. uh, but Akers is not as fast as Chandler. I mean, I, I mean, this like Chandler's got as much burst as anyone I can remember back there. Okay. He's not Adrian Peterson, but I just mean pure, like ball gets in his hands and it just goes Mm -hmm. like there's velocity there. Uh, Propulsion. Maybe we could talk about like, like there's rockets in his shoes. Uh, But no, I mean, honestly, like he has really remarkable quickness Mm -hmm. that explodes out of the backfield. Uh, you know, Dwayne McBride, yes, will probably be moved up from the practice squad because he's been on the team, but that is not somebody who's ready to play in the NFL from what we saw in training camp and preseason. So if it's going to be a longer term injury for Madison, they probably will have to see if there's someone else mm-hmm. uh, that could potentially come in and play, but you don't want to get that far down the depth chart for sure. It's going to have to be Wong Wu and Chandler. And I am very interested to see more test case on how those two perform because I think it's an offense that's just needs a faster guy to get to the edge on those pitches and those outside runs. Um, So, you know, I think Chandler and his numbers would have been better if if it wasn't for that run that got pulled back, but we all saw it and we all saw how that looked. Uh, Let's talk about the big picture element of this, Mm -hmm. because what is going to be talked about and the big picture is two things. Number one is that Kirk cousins better start looking for houses in a different place because the way that Josh Dobbs has come in and played is talk about a test case has been able to show what a mobile quarterback can do, what, how a different quarterback can react to these receivers and this game plan. And it wasn't just a random thing. This was a game planned week versus another team Mm -hmm. that he stepped in and operated really effectively. Uh, I don't want to go personally that far down the road to say like Dobbs QB one forever. And, you know, Sayonara Kirk. Uh, But I think we are going down that road farther than I was ready to go last week because we just saw it again against the good defense. And the other one is the more near future, which is this team should be feared. They beat the San Francisco 49ers at, at home. And then they've come in and put up 31 and was it 28 today, 29, 28. 20, how many points? Doesn't matter. They put 27, up, 27, 27. I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. 27. Uh, They made, uh, if they had made the field goal,
0: 30, 30,
1: but uh, right. So they've had these great offensive performances in, in back-to-back weeks. And if they continue to thrive like this, and then, look, uh, some people have different opinions on the draft class. I watched Jalen Daniels and I thought, there's a there's a Dobbs who, uh, type yeah. of player who's pretty quick. Uh, uh, it, I just I feel like the longer they go, the more success they have, the likelihood of cousins returning continues to go down and down and down. And uh, if they win a couple more games here, that will be not even a discussion in the future. So having a mobile quarterback come in here and perform like this, and bond with this offense and these players as well as Dobbs did in the line I thought was great today, the offensive line. Yeah. And I mean, that that seems to me like that would show them you should have confidence in what you can do for a quarterback, even if he's not perfect, and even if he shows here up here in, in the middle of the week. So, anyway, that's that's two things. Like the contender part of it is also another is another major element. They've got a schedule that's manageable. And it's an NFC that still feels very open outside, you know. Philadelphia is really good, but still feels really open. I, I, are we going too far on either one of those things to say contender and future is Dobbs slash draft pick, but it's not Kirk?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, contender to be feared in the NFC, like, if you play them and you have like Super Bowl aspirations, them being the Vikings and you're worried about playing them, yeah, then they're a contender. Um, I don't know if, like, we're considering them Super Bowl contenders out of the NFC, but the NFC also kind of stinks. So, like, the playoffs are weird. Normally the cream rises to the top, uh, but the Vikings are showing kind of something to be feared with what could this offense look like with a mobile quarterback, with what it's looked like the last two weeks, with more time, with Justin Jefferson back, in you know, in the, in the mix, with KJ Osborne coming back with their full complement, that's a good offense. And we've already talked about like the defense is, is overachieving and maybe not even overachieving, just maybe good. Um, So you combine those two things like, yeah, they are, they're probably contenders in the NFC or at least someone you don't want to be playing in in the playoffs to the point about Kirk cousins. This also kind of stinks because the guy is recovering from an Achilles tear and he's at home and he's probably kind of sad because he's not playing football on Sundays And and he should be like that. he, loves the game and it's understandable if he's sad that he can't be playing the game that he loves right now but last week frankly to me proved everything you needed to prove that a man off the street who did not know each teammate's names in full was able to come in and win a football game on the road that proved to me that you have the infrastructure in place whether it be the offensive talent the defensive talent but most importantly the head coach and everything that surrounds Kevin O'Connell, you have the infrastructure in place to succeed, whether it's Kirk Cousins back there, whether it's Josh Dobbs back there, whether it's one of the guys you draft in the first round back there. I I think last week to me proved that, um, but I think this week only further confirms that. And I think if you are anyone in the Vikings front office, you can't watch that game. And if you just take emotion out of it and take what Kirk Cousins has meant to the franchise out of it and think, well, like why not try to, to find the next one? Because we have a good infrastructure in place. Maybe it's Josh Dobbs. Maybe he stays hot. Maybe they win a playoff game or two and it is Josh Dobbs. But w- the point is not, is it Josh Dobbs or is it Kirk Cousins? It's, are you ready or are you able, are you a capable team that you can move on from Kirk cousins and feel like you're going to be okay. It doesn't have to mean that it's Josh Dobbs replace, you know, sign Josh Dobbs, make him QB one moving forward. Um, but this last two weeks are proof that you're a damn good football team and Kirk's a good quarterback, but you have the pieces in place to make a lot of quarterbacks good. And if you have more money because you're not paying a quarterback, a million, zillion dollars like you are, Kirk Cousins, you can improve the the talent around them even more. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can't look at these last two weeks and probably the weeks to come are frankly irrelevant to me. Josh Dobbs could turn into a pumpkin and be terrible for the next 10 weeks or however long it wouldn't be 10 weeks unless they were like, we're winning the Super Bowl. But these two weeks are proof that you can move on from Kirk Cousins and I think you can be okay.
1: the the details late in this podcast have been a little off from the score (laughs) to how many weeks are left, but, uh, the, the takes, the takes are what you should focus on. Uh, but okay. Speaking of takes, uh, I got a couple just to finish this off with Uh, number one, my favorite moment from today when Josh Dobbs ran into the end zone, Kevin O'Connell turned around and looked at the crowd Mm -hmm. and just went like, I don't know, folks, (laughs) And I mean, look, we've had that with uh, Justin Jefferson before. There's been a lot of fun moments with this team over the last two years, but I thought that that sort of encapsulated the general feeling of everybody. And what I've noticed, and this goes to even how many people are watching us right now, is there is a new energy and excitement from the fans watching this happen. And I, I think, of course, part of it is, how amazing Josh Dobbs is as a human being. I mean, what, like this doesn't even make any sense. And it, like he doesn't make any sense, but then to come here and do this, even if he is a rocket scientist to pull it off and to play with such confidence and self-assurance as he does. Uh, and, and to, to learn as much as he has and also galvanize the group where he looks like he's totally in command of guys who know the offense way better. And he I think has most of their names down. Mm-hmm. When we asked about Hawkinson, it was just like the hairy one, mm-hmm. like that's that's who he is. Uh, but you know, there's just been this energy that has come from him arriving here and doing what he's done over the last two weeks, which again, not to throw dirt on the grave of cousins who was playing great, but it was just shaping up to be such a similar season to what we had seen in the past Mm -hmm. where you're down to zero and three, then you come back and everyone's talking about, well, maybe you might be good. And then, you know, whatever, maybe there's disappointment around the corner, maybe not I feel this team is much better than they were last year, yeah, at this same moment because they had Jefferson last year. They didn't have to overcome not having him, and the defense was so much worse, and now I feel like when things break down, there's gonna be an answer potentially from Josh Dobbs, and so not knowing where this is going, feeling like the 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 uh, universe is vast and should be explored <laughs> by rocket scientists. <laughs> But to have that to have that feeling, though, it has been a very long time. I mean, it has literally been since Case Keenum was here. Yeah. And since I was standing probably in this same abandoned press box after the game, talking about a crazy Case Keenum win and saying, like, I don't know where this is going, folks. Same feeling as today.
0: Yeah. And that can't be overstated that, like, the wonderment of like what lies ahead is kind of sky's the limit right now because we don't know we haven't seen this movie like i i do think there's a chance that kirk if he would have stayed healthy the whole year they win enough games that people are saying no kirk maybe dark horse mvp contender because they've turned it around and he was playing at such a high level and and they get to the playoffs and this team is better so maybe they win a game and but i i don't think you're any closer to a super bowl at that point and so to watch what's happening now and at least say like, well, this is different. We haven't seen this. This is exciting, but also like they don't feel much worse. Like I think is pretty significant. Like this is an interesting team, but it's also a good one. It's not just show up on Sunday and what wacky thing is going to happen because they're a weird football team. Like that's true, but it's also show up on Sunday and watch a team that has every right to consider themselves a contender in the NFC. So exciting to cover in real time, exciting to kind of project out and see what this team could maybe look like down the road. Um, But I think right now everyone's latching on largely just because of Josh Dobbs. And why not? Because like you said, he is as good of a person as we've come across in this job. He's interesting as hell. He treats everyone super nice. Um, You can read any of the deep dives that anyone has done about Josh Dobbs this week. And everyone from his past says the same thing. This guy's salt of the earth. So this isn't fake. This is a guy you can feel good rallying behind. Um, and he has the Vikings playing really good football right now. So.
1: And uh, I think one of the things that is just standing out is how much the team likes each other. I mean, there's yeah. just, there's an energy about the team that is not always something you see. And now, I mean, once you've got it a couple years in a row where times they've been down, they've had to bond together the, the leadership of the locker room, which of course is enhanced greatly by the head coach who at oh, 0-3, look, I mean, look, they were 0-3. Oh and, and the head coach was almost to the point we were making fun of him, so adamant that we could come back from this. We're never going to view ourselves that way. We could do something special here. And a lot of times you just go like, all right, well, you know, coach speak or whatever. But we see the results of that. And that's mm-hmm. with everything with O'Connell where it's like culture. Okay, well, you know. But then you see the results of that, and here we are very much with the Vikings with an opportunity to prove to themselves in the coming weeks and to everybody else that they should be considered dangerous in the NFC. That is something that when Kirk hurt his Achilles, I don't think we saw coming unless Philip Rivers was going to show up here with all of his children. So we will see where this rocket ship takes us. (laughs) Matthew Collard, Dane Mizzitani from the Pioneer Press, thank you so much to all of you. watched today we will have a a rocket ships full of coverage okay too far too much last last yeah too bad that was too one too many as is my tendency actually (laughs) is to go one joke too many but we will have all sorts of coverage here also uh the uh, go to purpleinsider.com check out my written work as well the pioneer press is where dane will be covering it we will both be out at tco performance center all week and flying to denver as well so you know, you're going to want to make sure you follow along with this story because it's it's who knows right? <laughs> who knows where it's going. So thanks, everybody, so much for watching slash listening, and we will see you very soon.